Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the Herald Express Devon Live Talker United Yellow Army podcast, created weekly by David Thomas and Guy Henderson. Here you can find everything you ever wanted to know about Talker United, along probably with quite a lot that you didn't. You can find the podcast in the Talker United section of devonlive.com, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. And welcome along. Once again, the sun beating down on the English Riviera during the close season. Nice to have your company. It's um, it, it's it gives us a chance really to, to ramble a bit, doesn't it? These close season podcasts. Oh, come so. on, let's get on it. Go on. <laughs> uh, uh, I've just got back from voting the goals Europe here we come party. Yes, yes, um, of course. Uh, uh, yes, it's. Uh, Plenty of candidates. Who's a candidate that. out our way? <laughs> of <laughs> course, <it's> me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, seeing as the walking footballers will be playing in Europe this season, as so, you mentioned you know, we last have to, uh, week, yeah, keep those right. borders open. It's it's uh, it's a it's a crusade, isn't it? It is free movement from uh, from defence through midfield, as we like to say. Yeah. And by the way, no historical uh, connotations <laughs> with any crusaders. <laughs> big big pardon. Absolutely. Um, to get to the nitty gritty and the news, uh, people are on tenterhooks for new signings. Is they there are. any news from playing um, at the moment? No, uh, uh, not as such. Uh, um, talking to Gary Johnson this morning, he's well aware that everybody is. Yeah, it must uh, wind um, him up a little bit that yeah. we're all sat there going, um, come on, come on. Uh, I, it, I know that uh, at least a couple, and they may be more than that, have been down for the uh, hard sell. Yeah. Not that I think it has to be all that hard when they come down here when the weather's nice and see what awaits them should they sign uh, for Talk United. But um, uh, I, I, as far as I know, there are a couple almost done. Yeah. But um, as, as Gary Johnson keeps saying, that, that they are players who other clubs want. And until yeah. they actually... Yeah. And of course, that's what we want to hear, really, isn't it? We, 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 we don't want... Uh, well, I'm sure if they're good players, we'd want them. But we, we we're not that bothered about somebody who signs and everybody goes, uh, who's that Johnny? Then? Who? Yeah. Uh, um, we 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 want players that people are going, oh wow, mm. you know. Um, so <clears throat> that being the case, uh, you know, until they put pen to paper, um, yeah, there's not much point in um, discussing it. In in really, um, I know they've been trawling. Um, the the, uh, the 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 interesting one is is not the fact that the one the free transfers the players are available yeah. it's the ones who potentially um, they might get away from their current clubs yeah. so so that would be interesting if they can do see that's a good sign as well isn't it that we're looking at players who are still wanted by their current Absolutely. clubs we're not necessarily looking at players who are surplus to requirements no elsewhere. no and I think the, the the other thing that's worth remembering is that you know last season sort of finished in such a lovely warm glow of sort of happiness and team spirit and blah 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 and now of course you've got a pretty hard-headed management team um, who Gary Johnson is already on record as saying that he wants United to be punching their weight in the National League and you never know maybe pushing for the playoffs or whatever Um, and uh, in that that scenario yeah uh, they're going to be pretty tough with who they bring in I don't mean tough on the signings I mean tough in terms of the team they're going to start next season yeah, they, with they've um, got to be the, the kind of players that can get us into the top half of that table but not they? only that but the players who are already here mm. who you know bless them I would have thought many of them will be thinking well 
surely I'll be starting next season. Well, hold on a minute, you might not be. Mm. Uh, now that's the brutal world of yeah. you know, here today, gone tomorrow football. When I say gone tomorrow, I'm not even suggesting any of the players are already signed are going. Of course they're not. But um, uh, And on that score, of course, uh, the name of Jamie Reid pops up and Gary Johnson keeps been happening, at, doesn't it? Yes, uh, 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 Gary Johnson's been at pains to point out that um, he's absolutely confident that Jamie Reid will um, yeah. kick off next season in a talkie shirt. Um, uh, and uh, you know he has a contract mm-hmm. uh, to match um, along with all the other lads. But but no, they are they are looking and they want to start next season yeah. with a team um, that's going to make United competitive in the National League and, and it's a constant renewal process and that yeah. requires a, a, a big degree of unsentimentality. In other words, just because somebody's played bloody well for you the previous season uh, and, quotes, deserves toes and close quotes to be in the team does not mean that they're, that they're going to be guaranteed no. a place. It's, that's just the nature of the game. Interesting. And of course, there's a bit of skullduggery goes on at this time of the season as well. I'm thinking of the inclusion of the trialist brothers on the team sheet when you get to the first friend, the A trialist, B trialist. We think we had the trialist triplets on one game last year, didn't we have A, Did a B and C yes, trialist? Yeah, right? yeah. And we've seen it with other teams, even yeah. more than Torquay, actually, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. But that's um, all part of the game, isn't it? You don't want other teams to look at the, or to get a sight of a team sheet and say, ah, oh, he's down there, is he? And, uh, I think that goes on and it yeah. has done interminably. I remember those sort of things way back in the in the sixties and seventies. That sort of thing was going on. Yeah, um, twas ever thus, um, and I'm sure we'll have the odd one or two um, uh, again this season. Yeah, uh, um, it's interesting. Gary always says to me, "Look, Dave, you're you're very welcome on the training ground. Where, you know, whenever you want to come along, but." Just give me a ring before you turn up. I don't want you know, etc. As you're coming through the gate, yeah. well, quite right too. How how do I know, and how does anybody know that he may have somebody turning up for training one day? The last thing he wants to do is the, you know, the local reporter turning up. Oh, I recognise him. Yeah, yeah, quite. Yeah, and, and absolutely right. It's, yeah. it's it's you have to maintain that degree of. I know in the world of social media, there's all sorts of risks of who might or might not pass yeah. on that sort of information, but. Um, uh, down the years, United have managed to pick up a player or two that way, um, you know, and uh, you don't want anything to jeopardise the chances of that happening. No, that's true. That's just all part of the fun, isn't it, this time of the season, though? It's all part of the ducking and diving, yeah, the sure. and weaving that goes yeah, on. Yeah, and I think it's, it's also worth stressing, in all departments they're looking. Yeah. In all departments, you know, and, and bless him, Sean McDonald, fantastic season. Yeah. They're looking for another goalkeeper. Not an instead of, but as competition to yeah. go with Sean McDonald. Sean McDonald, you know, in anybody's book, had a damn good season for Torquay, hugely popular, great lad, um, future in front of him, mm-hmm. more improvement to come. They're still looking for another goalkeeper because that's the nature of the game. Yeah. That's the yeah. way it is. And they're looking for, I think, another centre back because yeah. United have only got two at the moment. Um, fullbacks, maybe uh, yeah. another one to supplement that. Uh, definitely another central midfield player. Obviously, we don't yet know what the mm. Bristol City, sorry, the lone player situation might be. We <laughs> mustn't only assume it's Bristol there City. Other, other teams are available. Well, yeah, and yeah. apart from anything else, <laughs> what, what a good little one we got from Bournemouth towards yes, the end of last season, yeah, Frankie yeah. Vincent. Um, and obviously, with Seiko Jana going. 
Uh, United still have Ruri Keating as a striking option up there, but it won't come as any shock to anybody to know that United are definitely looking for another yeah. uh, uh, more striking options up front. And um, and the other thing is, it'll be interesting to see in those first few pre-season games whether United's style, I'm not a huge fan of one style against another or anything mm. like that. I think once you get out on a football pitch, it's who does their thing better than anybody else. But... Um, United did win the National League South last season with a certain style of hard running, move yeah. it football, yeah. pace, fitness, and a hell of a lot of quality as we obviously saw. Now, the National League opposition, bigger, stronger, fitter. Yeah. yeah. I, it won't come as any great shock, I don't think, if we see United playing a little bit more direct next season. Yeah. But to do that, you have to have somebody that makes sense of that. And the right players, it, it, it's, yeah. it's, When we think back to the, the, when United first dropped into the National League in 2007, Colin Lee brought Paul Buckle in, who had been assistant to Paul Tisdale at Exeter City in the conference. First, the, the, the central player, the most important player, and that's to say to take nothing against uh, away from the Chris Hargreaves and all the mm -hmm. other ones, the Kevin Nicholsons, Tim Sills, yeah, centre forward, best centre forward in the uh, the conference. Everything revolved around the style of play yeah. and the way United went about it. it was getting the ball to Tim Sills, correct, in a position where he could do something with and, it, and 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 then getting people running off him and yeah. all that kind of stuff. That was that was the the the, the key to it all. So. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Gary Johnson and Pete Johnson and Aaron Downs aren't uh, scouring at the moment if they haven't actually already got one, mm. a, a centre forward in that kind of a yeah, yeah, quite hard mold. to find, aren't they? You know, we've had sure. we've been down this road before, haven't we? Yes. Finding that centre forward, you, you kind of feel like the, the the management team at Playmore at the moment, if they're out there, they'll find them. Yeah, but they're not um they're not exactly no, ten penny, are they? And we're just about to come along, come on to discuss one who who is absolutely in that mould. Let's, um, let's do that because yeah. this is a is success cool story, isn't it? I think yeah. it is. <laughs> that makes it sound as if we rehearsed this, yeah. but, um, but rest assured that we haven't. We never have done. No. <laughs> but uh, what a success story this is, Kiefer Moore. I, you know, I, I Herald Express readers will know that um, I'm already. Uh, um, uh, delirious about this news. Um, he, he is such a great lad and, yeah. and a, a reward for not refusing to admit that he wasn't going to make it. Mm. Uh, um, and uh, uh, when you think about his early career, Kiefer, uh, you know, we're talking um, paint and born and bred. Yeah. Well, Technically, I suppose Torbay Hospital, but uh, um, paint, paint and pilgrims, paint and not, pilgrims, yeah. which paint I forgot saints, to mention this yeah. week, paint and saints, yeah. which is that's fine, that's where you start. But then Truro City, mm -hmm. Dorchester Town, Yeovil Town, big question marks: Was he ever going to make it at Dorchester Town? Ended up in Norway for six, eight yeah. months or whatever it was. Back to Forest Green Rovers, and then, as United fans know, he could not even get into Forest Green Rovers first team for whatever reason and came to United on loan what two and a half years ago yeah um, uh, uh, well the points that United gained during his month on loan with us turned out to be crucial in keeping yeah. us up 
Five goals in four games, including a hat-trick, was it? Solihull Moors, he scored a Yes, it was. Game. Great goals as well. Yeah. Know, classic centre-forward goals. Quite. Uh, and uh, to this day, I, I remember the disappointment of Kevin Nicholson when, uh, after virtually agreeing terms with um, both Kiefer and Forest Green Rovers yeah. for him to stay at Plainmore, um, Ipswich came in and... Uh, Hijacked the deal or gazumped, I think is yeah. probably the way that. Uh, and Mick the McCarthy didn't, didn't play him very much either, did he? No, I think he, Mick McCarthy, you know, was really hopeful that he would make it yeah. because he saw Kiefer as a bit of a throwback centre yeah. forward to the days when, and he, he, you know, he was always into that sort of stuff, Mick, Mick McCarthy. Um, but it didn't really happen for him there. Ended up going to Rotherham. That's where it really clicked for him. Scored, yeah. scored loads of goals at Rotherham. Uh, and then on to Barnsley, and he's had a great season there. But it, it's just, he, for me, he's one of those players, I'll bet over the years, scouts have watched him and gone back and spoken to their managers and said, uh, yeah, brave, puts yeah. himself about, but... And I'll bet there have been loads of buts in the scouting reports. And Kiefer has stolidly refused to accept yeah. that he was a but player. Uh, uh, and he's kept on doing what he does um, and getting better that, that that's yeah. the crucial yeah. thing he, he is now a, a seriously you know handful centre forward and will be in the championship next season how uh, old is he 26 now? years old he's only he's, 26 he's got plenty to give still telling, hasn't he telling me he has and, and obviously his call up for the Welsh yeah. uh, international training squad this week um, he actually played for England C um, yeah. uh, uh, earlier but um, I think uh, in the uh, key for more Ancestry, there's a, a maternal grandfather. Everybody's got one. <laughs> well, you certainly have got um, uh, in in the valleys. Yeah. Um, and he's uh, he's he's uh, fingers crossed for him. I really hope he gets in the squad yeah. for these next two qualifiers. And as uh, I mentioned in the Herald, if uh, if Gareth Bale gets the ball out wide on the left hand side, <laughs> get it in there, Gareth. Well, something will happen. Well, he he knows that he's got a centre forward that will get across the defender and get to the near post first. Quite. Um, Quite. But I want a copy of that team photo that's got Gareth Bale and Kiefer Moore in. Yeah, I hope Gareth Bale makes sure he stands next to him because. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, no, he, he, I, he, he's, he's never, ever, ever taken no for an answer. Um, and he's just kept going and kept going. And, and I love players like that. Yeah. I loved it when Darren Moore was at Torquay all those years ago. Everybody saying, he can't kick it straight. He can't do this. He can't do that. He can't do the other. You watch him. Yeah. 600 games later yeah. and 150 of them in the Premier League or whatever it was. Yeah. Players who make them the absolute best of themselves and never ever stop trying to get better. Um, and uh, no, I, I, great stuff. The fact that he's a local lad obviously yeah. makes it even better for us. Does. And, um, he's a, he's a Hayes Road him. old boy, isn't he? Did he really? I think I've got a feeling he went to Hayes Road. What you and as him? all the top people did, of course. Well, well. But I think I may be wrong. Maybe wrong. We'll we'll find out. Yeah. But, uh, let's yeah. hope it's onwards and upwards. Yeah. Well, he's definitely he's definitely from this side of town, isn't he? He is. He's, yeah. He's, the right uh, side he's, of the tracks. He's from the right side <laughs> of the tracks. Yeah, yeah. He's not he's not Preston side, is he? Or anything no, like he's, that. He's no. proper painter. Yeah. So uh, that's all good. So yeah, that's great. Good luck. Before we move on, we need to mention a gentleman by the name of Gary Head. We spoke about Gary uh, last week. Gary's out on the coast path. 
Um, He did listen to the podcast last week. I think we helped him up a hill. There are one or two slight slopes out there on the coast. Having having warped sections of it, you're telling me. Yeah, so um, he needs all the help he can get. He is running the coast path all the way from Minehead round to Dorset. Uh, for miles for mines, uh, in memory of a friend of his who uh, who sadly died quite recently. But uh, Gary is somewhere between Port Isaac and Padstow, I believe. And that is moment. lumpy around there. That is lumpy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that the image some people have of coastal paths is of, sort of panoramic views and the <laughs> dogs barking and etc. etc. Down in Cornwall. Yeah, that North Cornwall <laughs> bit is oh, yeah, it's, it's lumpy, it's, isn't it? There's hardly a flat yard on it, is it? Indeed, no, tough. Now, you and I have been uh, thinking very hard this week about our best ever Talk United 11s, haven't we? Well, this isn't the first time that we've done it, and it's not the first time that everybody else has done it as well. No. But go on, you're, you're, we, uh, it's, it's all started because of... Well, the, the blog, the talkytalk.com Talkie Talk. blog, um, they asked me a while ago, they said, you know, would I sort of come up with... Um, a best ever Talk United 11 and yourself as well. Now, it took me ages to get it done. Apologies, took me a long time, but I did you do it. You virtually have to cancel your holidays to get you stuck do. into it properly, don't it's you? One of the, it keeps you awake at it night, does. so, doesn't it? You know, and you, you're doing the washing up or you're yeah. walking the dog and you suddenly think, oh, him, I forgot him. Why haven't I put him in the team anyway? Um, but my all-time Talk United 11, based on the players who I would pay to go and see. Well, this is this is the interesting thing, isn't it? All of us, and I know Talk United fans, just like football fans everywhere, do this on a regular basis. And I think the important thing is that you should come at it from a particular point of view. Because let's face it, we can all think of any amount of Talk United best ever 11s, and they would all be perfectly justifiable. Yeah. No matter uh, different, you know, you, you could you could come up with 60, 70, 80 different team yeah. uh, uh, players to go in seven or eight teams. And I think you have to adopt a standpoint, and I absolutely I agree with you. It was a good idea for you to for for you to say a team that you that would get you out of the house on a Tuesday night to, in November to go and watch. To go and watch. That's right. Yeah. I, I've decided to come come at it from the point of view of a team to play for my life. Right. Um, <laughs> um, and that almost inevitably means that some absolutely gorgeous players, yeah, for some pathetic reason, don't get in it. That's true, crazy, isn't it? Crazy, crazy. Uh, you can't win. You, you can't, can't win, win, but it's still good fun. It is good fun. And we're not going to give away who's in our teams because that wouldn't be fair on the guys over at Talkie Talk. I've got to whack mine off to Talkie Talk. In the you next have day. indeed. Yeah. Um, but if you want to have a look at mine, mine's over there, talkytalk.com, and Dave's will be there quite Very soon sure. when you finally chiselled it down. <laughs> From well, a short list of 235 I, players. No, I, 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 just before we went on air, as it were, yeah. um, I, I read out a draft 11 to Guy and then suddenly thought, oh, no. No, that's right. <laughs> I, think, I think I might change the goalkeeper. Yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, and the dreadful thing is you almost need to start these things off with an apology. Yeah, I think I, I think I did actually. To, to, yes. to the players <laughs> and the players and the managers who haven't made it. You know, well, because, I've, because... Ups, I've upset one quite illustrious former player, who's already been in touch in in high dudgeon that I left him out of the team. Really? I won't say who that is, no. obviously, but it, I, I say high dudgeon. It's all no, in the best of spirits. It's in good. But, it's um, in good fun. Yeah, it, it's it's tricky. Yeah, it it, it it is, and 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 you'll all be doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, these things it has come up in the past. I mean, these sort of things have, have have been done, and look, why not? It's, yeah, it's bloody good fun. As times go on, new players come come along. That you know, I mean, for instance, the best manager 
Yeah. Well, yeah. I know he's only been with United for three quarters of a season, but I'm sorry, I'm including Gary Johnson on yeah. my shortlist yeah. because we've all been so amazing, you know, very, very impressed with him. Yeah. Um, sorry, Gary, you're not the man, but... Uh, <laughs> there you go, you see, in, he in, won't be pleased. No, he won't. In 18 <laughs> months, two years' time, he may, he you probably well have to say, yeah. well, wow, this guy, is, his win win ratio of matches is off the, is off the, is off the, the ceiling. But um, and no, no. Big thanks to Rob Drew, by the way, who sent me a load of statistics, a load of crunch numbers. I'm not sure where he came by them, but win ratios, goals from different positions. Wow. And what have you. I haven't managed to crunch my way through them yet, but no, uh, but no. I will do. So thank and you another thing, much. we were just chatting before uh, we said that another thing is, I think it's important to take into account how the club and the team were playing yeah. at the time they were at the club. Yeah. Because just because United were going through a rather poor patch, mm. uh, which certainly happened in you know many, many times, why should that count the player out of an all-time eleven? Yeah. Just you can't just pick players in promotion teams or cup no, run teams. True. Yeah. I think that's un- very unfair to, to sort of many many absolutely yeah. great players. And we've had a lot of players who've done well under adversity, haven't we? You know, players who've starred in poor teams. Exactly. And yeah. what you know, I, I, I well, of course, I mean, many of our listeners will absolutely agree with that yeah. is, is that just because they happen to play in a poor team doesn't mean they don't get in an all-star eleven. so there you go so we, there's one up there already there's another one coming soon and uh, that will get you talking well I, I'm, presumably there are other, there are other others there up are there others mine is yeah, the 10th yeah. one up there oh, there, right, are, there right. are plenty Good. up there plenty to debate I gather I think it was it may have been Michelle Thomas from the Trust put together a, a team of French players oh yes you can you can manage a team and a bench right. of French players yeah yeah I'm not sure we've had a French manager no. we? <laughs> not yet anyway no. no it's always possible there's some talk of one going to Plymouth but <laughs> yeah of course there is um, yeah but uh, but or, or, though it does look as if Ryan Lowe might be favourite for that one now, the expert, the Berry manager. But we'll see, we'll see. So we'll throw it out there for somebody to come up with. This is one for Julian, by the way. Uh, come up with a, 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 a complete 11, a best ever 11 of left-footed players. Oh, there you go. Well, I, I would have thought United are well served in that yeah. respect. Left-footed players. But, because if you think about it, how many great both left-backs and left-wingers have United had over the years? And actually, yeah. the right, the right back and right and not not they haven't had some wonderful ones, but most you'd you would assume that that would be the harder flank to, yeah, to fill, not in United. Not necessarily. Case. I mean, you no. know, left backs galore. Um, yeah. You know, Lee Sharp, Mark Loram, left wingers, fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. This footers. This one. Footers, right? This one to get you thinking. How about that? Yeah. Um, one other little bit of housekeeping before we move on to the nostalgia fest of the Sherpa Van Trophy. Uh, there's talk of another reunion game, isn't yeah. there? Which would um, be interesting. Mark Forrester, who, who um, uh, all credit to him, organised a terrific get-together game for a Paul Compton 11, yeah. of, basically to celebrate Paul Compton's time as United's youth coach and all the players that he brought through and United sold. Thank you very much for quite a lot of money over the years. Um, and that sort of spilled over into a bit of a reunion team with the 2004 promotion side um, yeah. under Leroy Rossini. Um, and they sort of ended up playing against um, uh, the Paul Compton lads. Yeah. Um, uh, now, in order to, to, to sort of coincide roughly, uh, um, well, it's 10 years this year since mm-hmm. 
um, the 2 0 win over Cambridge at Wembley that took United back into the Football League last time. I know. Ten years. Where did it go? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Wayne Carlisle's cross. I'm going to find that. Yes. Audio. I'm going to find that audio file somewhere. <laughs> He's looking for Benyon. No, he isn't. <laughs> um, uh, ten year anniversary since that game, um, and I think quite a few phone calls have already gone out. Yeah. Uh, that was a very tight bunch of players who'd been together for quite a while. Um, and uh, well, at least two years anyway. Yeah. Uh, most of them still keep in touch. I think there's a fair few phone calls going on. Come on, then we've got to get back down there and and have a run out. Yeah. The, the Tim Sills and the Hargreaves and the people like that, the Nicholsons. Um, uh, so uh, that would be good. That, that, that they're getting yeah. that together. But I think, <laughs> as ever, um, the master himself, Alex Russell, <clears throat> is never far away from these things. He's obviously yeah. in Bristol. I understand he's got whiff of it. The master. <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, ha- yeah. How on earth can a reunion 11 take the pitch without uh, a few of those 2004 yeah. guys? So, yeah. um, uh, But anyway, that's all in the mix at the moment. The, the, it's in the planning stage. More details and a date fairly soon. To come. Great, uh, and, great idea, and, though. And a cause as well. Yeah. The last one went down hugely well. Great crowd turned up. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, at the moment, with the way things are at United, it's very upbeat. Everybody's looking forward to, to seeing what United can do in the National League next season. And and people are up for it, aren't they? And, yeah. and this sort of thing goes down really well. And when things are like this, I think you need to... Um, it's quite a good idea to make yeah. the most of them. Yeah. So... Nostalgia. Well, what, we we, what have we just been doing? We, well, yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's a very good point. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. We, we promised you we'd talk a bit this week about the Sherpa Van Trophy final. Because we've, we've, done build, the, we've been building up to it for the last We've done the, the, how they got there. Yeah. We had a chat last week about how much it gripped the town and, yeah. and everything. This week, because it, the final itself happened on the 28th of May, 2000, uh, 1989. Yeah. 30 years ago this week. Um, talking United against Bolton Wanderers. Yeah. We'll get the result out of the way first. It was four goals to one to Bolton Wanderers. It was. Um, but Talkie did take the lead. They did. Through Dean Edwards. Now, this was a Bolton team, by the way, of course, that at the previous season, I think one of the frustrating things for many United fans that year was that the team that United actually took to the final, the Sherpa Van Trophy final, was almost certainly not as good, with all due no. respect, as the one that had just missed out on promotion the previous season. Yeah. Um, uh, for instance, Caldwell wasn't there, mm-hmm. uh, John Impey wasn't there, um, uh, many others were, Jim McNichols yeah. and, and people like that. But in the summer, in the previous summer, players like Sean Joyce and Paul Holmes had come in, Cyril had shaken the, the squad up a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, and the previous season, United had done a league double over Bolton, they'd beaten them home yeah. and away. Bolton Wanderers, you know, big name in the bottom division of English football. Although, of course, we all keep their, our fingers crossed for them now in case they're of course, you know, yeah. hanging yeah. on by their fingertips, aren't they? But, um, uh, but the team that actually went to, to Wembley was almost certainly not quite as good as that. But never mind. Never mind. So the team on the day, I mean, there were a couple of significant players were injured, weren't they? Kenny Vasey was injured, the oh, goalkeeper. Desperately unlucky. Uh, and of course, the same thing was to happen to him, uh, well, not an injury-wise. Uh, um, he was sent off yeah. um, in 1998 when United were trying to clinch automatic promotion at uh, Leighton, interestingly enough, at Leighton Orient again. Yeah. He'd been yeah. injured at Leighton Orient before the semi-final and Kenny Allen had been hauled out of retirement by uh, by Cyril Knowles to play in goal. 
Um, so he he he, he yeah. was still there from the previous year's team. And was Paul Holmes injured, or had he moved on by that point? No, he hadn't moved on. Uh, he didn't play, did he? No. No. Um, did Daryl Pugh play? He did. Yeah. yeah. Um, who could? Who was a quite versatile player? Could play wing or or, or yeah. fullback. I think Paul Holmes was injured. Actually. Yeah. 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 So the team was Kenny Allen, Daryl Pugh, Tom Kelly, John Morrison. Uh, Matt Elliott, yeah. Jim McNichol. And, they, and Jim McNichol actually ended up playing centre-back that day, as far as I remember. I'm actually doing these in a very strange order here, yeah. but you'd forgive me, because this is just the school of yeah. Carl Airy. Up front. Was up front. Uh, Phil Lloyd was in there as oh, well. Oh, Phil Lloyd at the back. Oh, well, being Cyril, it would have been the three at the back, wouldn't it? It would, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. So it was Elliott, McNichol and Lloyd at the back. Yeah. Hugh and Kelly full-backs. Full Wing-backs. Uh, John Morrison in midfield, yeah. along with Ian Weston. Yes, of course, Ian Weston went on to become a physio at Cheltenham Town for many years. And Mark Loram. And Mark Loram on the left-hand side. And up front, Carl Airy and, and Dean Edwards. And Dean Edwards. And I think Jimmy Smith was on the bench as Jimmy well. Jimmy Smith um, and Sean Joyce yeah. were on the bench. Both of them got on, I think, yes, if I'm I remember sure rightly. Did. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and everybody was... Because United had done the double over Bolton the previous year, Bolton ended up winning promotion. Yeah. Uh, and United didn't, so that was a major frustration. But because United had done so well against them the previous year, I think everybody understandably was hopeful that um, underdogs, yeah. Torquay, might be able to cause an upset. There is a very good um, highlights video, by the way. Our old friends at TSW, back in the day, oh. TSW, Pete Barraclough and the TSW team, there's a VHS video cassette, which I've got upstairs somewhere. I haven't got a player to play it on anymore, but it's all on YouTube. So I do hope your loft, Anders, <laughs> is a bit like mine. I wouldn't, I'd be very worried if I showed anybody up there because I might have to reveal <laughs> some of the very old-fashioned stuff that's still there. Exactly. exactly. It is VHS, um, not Betamax. Oh, so right. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Along with my uh, yeah, Yes albums and things like that. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so it, it is on YouTube. There's a link to it in the text uh, that goes with this. That's a link to the first part. If you find the first part, you can find the second and third parts for yourself. So I thought we'd give you a bit of an incentive to have a look there. But of course, Torquay took the lead. Yeah. A stooping header by Dean Edwards from a Lorem corner. Absolutely. Which, of course, was his third goal in successive ties. Yeah. Yeah, good goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember we'd gone up. We went up on a coach. Richard Luscombe and I went up on a coach. Who was another reporter from the Herald? Yeah. Yeah, one of the many coaches that went up from Torquay that day. Yeah. Um, and it, of course, being the old when scored we, at the United end as well. I think he did. Yeah. Yeah. Scored yeah. at the end yeah. where United's fans were. Um, being the old Wembley, uh, it, was, it was standing, wasn't it? There were standing oh, yeah, terraces. Yeah, it was, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, it was proper, proper old Wembley at that point. I remember the Talking United fans were absolutely nuts at that stage as yeah. well, thinking that um, you know we were about to pull off this great, the, the greatest uh, shock result. Yeah, uh, it was one each by half time. Yeah, uh, and then in the second half, in front of VIP guest Elton, Elton John. John. Uh, Bolton pulled away and won 4-1 yeah. of course that's not that, all that Robin long Robin Stubbs even got on the pitch before the game I, I seem to recall did he? yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It was, well it was, a, it was obviously he uh, memories of his uh, goals against Spurs in the FA Cup yeah. in 1965 uh, um, all that kind of stuff and he was he was one of United's yeah. sort of guests on the day and um, Elton John presumably it's not all that long 
after Elton John had been there with Watford in the cup final. He was steeped in uh, football back then, wasn't he? Yeah, so it was only five years after. And they lost to Everton, and they beat Argyle yeah. in the semi-final, didn't they? So he was, um, um, you know, it seemed a bit of an off-the-wall choice as the VIP, but he was a football bloke back then, wasn't he? Oh, no, he? Was, uh, has been all his life, and yeah. still is. Yeah. No, no, he's, he, he knows he knows knows a bit about the game. He does indeed. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was quite something. Uh, the Chalky fans made plenty of noise Jim McNichol there's a little clip on the video he says I didn't think such a small place as Torquay could generate so much noise no he says when interviewed on the video referee that day was George Courtney George Courtney from County Durham indeed yeah but there was just there were just so many things to remember about that well, day one there? of the one of the things that, that, that emerged afterwards uh, um, because th- this was one of the few occasions when Mark Loram Brackets still, in many people's opinion, the most talented player, uh, local. Yeah. Sorry, Torquay, uh, a South Devon player ever to pull on a Torquay shirt. Um, uh, it was a hot day, was it not? Um, yeah. It was a, yeah. a beautiful day, and Mark Loram, uh, by his own standards, didn't have a great match. Mm-hmm. He did okay. Uh, um, Mark Loram could be at ninety percent and still look good, but yeah. Um, and of course, it only emerged in the aftermath of the match. Uh, that was when he was diagnosed with um, diabetes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he was clearly suffering from. Um, it was quite the, debilitating the effects. effects yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and it, it only emerged afterwards that uh, um, he, he hadn't been uh, on top form by any stretch yeah. of the imagination. And that afternoon, I think, it, you know, in that heat and the effort and everything, it, it sort of tipped him over. Yeah. I'm not saying it wouldn't have happened anyway, but. Um, yeah, and Norman Medhurst, United's physio, God yeah. rest his soul, um, there to the rescue, looked after Mark. and. Um, well, it was a learning curve. I remember Norman saying once it was a learning curve for him as well, wasn't it? He yeah. hadn't dealt with a diabetic footballer before. No. Um, probably would have done again later in his career, but he and Mark kind of learned this together, didn't they? They did, yes, which um, uh, was a great help for Mark, I think, yeah. in the circumstances, because yeah. Mark definitely wouldn't have been the best at... Uh, um, seizing the uh, treatment and uh, tackling that, I think he needed a bit of help, and Norman was yeah. there. Yeah, indeed. The the whole Norman Medhurst thing, going back a step further than that. I mean, it was quite remarkable that Norman, oh. from the career that he'd had, he was at Chelsea, he was the England physio. You know, we used to chant on the pop side, he was England's number one, and he was, wasn't he? Even when he came to Torquay. Uh, absolutely. Um, uh, he joined United in oh eighty eight that 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 yeah. season, I think. Yeah. Uh, the previous the previous summer, Alan Morris had been United's physio before then, and um, I think it it just coincided. It it, it was complete coincidence. I yeah. think Norman um, and Sue, his wife, had sort of had enough of London and mm. and all of that, and I think that they they either were down here already. I forget the exact circumstances, but Cyril just somebody mentioned to him yeah. that Norman Medhurst was around. Um, I don't think he particularly headhunted him or anything like that. He just became aware that that, that he was yeah. down and might be interested in a job. Uh, and the two were put together. And before we knew where we are, Talk United had the England physio. Um, and he stayed and, for quite a long time. Oh, many, well, many years. Yeah. 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 Uh, and of course, what a fantastic bloke he was. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I always admired him most for was the fact that he's come from... Chelsea in the first division, mm-hmm. or they may have been in the second from time to time. England, everything absolutely spot on, top drawer, etc. And he never ever visited any of that on the facilities 
and the materials and yeah. the stuff that was available to him at Torquay. He did a huge job in upgrading all of yeah. those facilities as much as United could afford, which wasn't, mm. you know, I'm sure what he would have wanted. But he never, I never heard him once moan, oh, I haven't got enough of this, I haven't got enough of that. When are we going to get this? When are we going to get... He was he was an eternally cheerful chap yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, but he never allowed any of that stuff to get yeah. in the way of doing the best, yeah. the absolute best he could. And of course, the talkie players absolutely loved having him as a physio. He knew his stuff. You couldn't pull the wool over his eyes. Um, <laughs> that helps. But they knew yeah. they were getting yeah. the best treatment available at this level, uh, which was a major, major plus. Um, and uh, yeah, down the years he was he became a hugely popular uh, yeah. thing. I mean, the first time he ran on the pitch at Playmore, <laughs> I remember with that rather sort of kicking up running action. Yeah, uh, and he was pretty swift, wasn't he? When he to yeah, get out yeah. to uh, good sprint. Yeah, he yeah. could sprint out to, to players. Um, uh, or he could sprint very slowly when the clock was running down. Yeah, well. he, <laughs> he had he developed that technique of looking as if he was running fast, but not really moving. He'd at been all. around Norman. Yeah, had. He'd, he'd, uh, he'd seen it all. <laughs> yeah, and and of course, you know, Cyril was was knocked out to get someone like him. Yeah, uh, and successive managers the same way. Uh, and then, of course, I'm sure some fans remember the famous scene when Neville Southall turned up and. Uh, Neville being quite a big lad at the age of 40 <laughs> and they couldn't find a, uh, a shirt yeah. to fit him before his United debut and out Norman came with the scissors and did a bit of uh, um, tailoring. Yeah, a bit of on-the-spot bespoke tailoring, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, to, just to, to, get, to get Neville to involving fit scissors. Yes, yes. Involving uh, Norm, Norman's medical scissors, yeah. Good stuff. So other stuff about that day, I've been looking back through some of the photographs um, from the cup final. The suits, Torquay actually had cup final suits. Could not. Silver, grey cup final suits. Could it suits. not be, absolutely. Immaculately tailored they yeah. were as they stepped yeah. out. I remember the pitch, them yeah. coming out from the tunnel for their walk round yeah. before, before the actual warm-up, all in their suits, waving to everybody. Yeah, great, uh, great scenes. It's the sort of occasion when you get to a final like that. I can't understand people who... For a three o'clock kickoff or whatever it is, oh well, we'll get there about as long as we get in there twenty minutes before kickoff. What? Yeah, I, I think I think I think I was in my seat about an hour and a half before oh, the before the game. Absolutely. Um, obviously, excitement was a big part of it, but there's always a bit of build up, isn't there, yeah. and that sort of yeah. stuff. And to miss out on all of that would have been dreadful. But I'm sorry, I, I can't get the. Uh, um, uh, the Emirates Stadium bit the roll up at the last minute no way that I'm, well at the I'm FA Cup that. final those corporate red seats right opposite the camera were yeah. empty for the first 15 minutes it just, it? I'm sorry it's just not, uh, not that's, good that's enough, another gripe for another day isn't yeah. it that one but uh, there we go and the old Wembley was full of idiosyncrasies wasn't it we were talking the other day about um, the procedure for getting from the press box down to the what they now call the mix zone, which was then just the tunnel. Yeah, basically the area outside the, area the dressing room. Outside yeah, dressing yeah, which, yeah. if I remember rightly, had a coach revving up in it yeah. when we were doing the interviews. Because the coaches, the coaches pull right into that yeah. that tunnel. Yeah, the players get off we, and virtually go straight into the dressing room. Yeah, we didn't have to record anything then, so there aren't um, there aren't sounds of diesel engines in the background. But it, I may have got this wrong, but I seem to remember we had to go from the press area. Well, you had to go. I, I was still banging out match copy. That's it. Uh, I so went down and did the post-match. Your job was to get down and do the post-match stuff ASAP. 
And one of the stewards in the, the FA Blazer said, yes, sir, you go along this corridor here and just before you get to the first aid point, there's a doorway that says no entry. You go down there and that takes you down to the tunnel. So we thought this, this is ridiculous. We're going to end up in some passageway from which we're never going to emerge. But sure enough, just down this little spiral staircase and you end up outside the players' dressing rooms next to the revving coach chatting to the players and yeah. chatting to the Bolton players. I bet as it well. isn't like that now. No, no. <laughs> Didn't have to have any no. accreditation that I remember. There were no um, no passes, no lanyards. No, as long as you had your notebook with you. Yeah, as, yeah. Long, as long as you looked the part, we yeah. got down there. So Richard and I both went down. I think he probably did the Bolton players and I did Torquay, if I remember rightly, uh, because you were still writing for Deadline, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, we had to yeah. Um, get... Uh, um, uh, we had all sorts of weird deadlines yeah. for because for, the Herald Express was obviously daily in those days, happy days. Um, uh, yeah, so I had lots of copy, match copy details to, uh, yeah. to shift, and I couldn't I couldn't physically be in two places at once. But um, but you did that, yeah. And then we we must have spent quite a long time talking to the talkie players. I think we probably spoke to everybody. We got some quotes from everybody, and you know they were all pretty philosophical afterwards, if I remember rightly. Um, by which time. We couldn't get back up the staircase for some reason or other. So Richard and I decided we had to get back up to the press box. The only way to do it was to come out of the tunnel, go around the walk track, around the walk around the cinder track around yeah. the outside and actually walk up the 39 steps to the Royal Box and across and the, the press, press area beyond. <laughs> so I, I have walked up the 39 steps to the Royal Box yeah. at Wembley. And I remember turning around to Richard as we walked along the cinder track saying, do you know what, some of the biggest names in sport have walked along here, Bobby Charlton, Bobby Moore, Eusebio, Mick the Miller. <laughs> <laughs> Mick Miller the Greyhound, yeah. But it was, it was that, that stadium, that you, it was used for stock car racing, speedway, I, I, show I, jumping. I saw a world champion, I saw Ivan Major of yeah. the Exeter Falcons win the world championships at, uh, at Wembley on that speedway track. And they, like, did, they used to do the Horse of the Year show on there, oh, didn't they, as well, which tore the pitch to pieces. Yeah, that, that's it, yeah. No, 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 no. And of course, those 39 steps, yeah. two years later, who walked up them, but where Saunders to receive the trophy yeah. for United's uh, um, uh, playoff final victory over Blackpool. There's another one. We can yeah. wax he, lyrical he was in, that. He followed in your footsteps. He right? did, <laughs> absolutely. I wonder if he was aware of that. Yeah. But that's all, I'm always glad that we did that because, you know, those steps are so famous. Yeah. And you see so many clips of people walking up there. I know the stadium may have been completely empty at the time, but all football fans will have wanted to do what we did. And it was just an opportunity to at do the, it. At the end of that. At that the end day. of that. Empty yeah. stadium, people sweeping up. But I had to walk up those steps. Quite right so, too. Uh, all yeah. good stuff. You'd have, you'd have never forgiven yourself. If you no, absolutely not. So... I mean, that obviously, that was a great day. I think we've probably squeezed that one as dry as yeah, we can. Yeah, but... it's interesting that after that, they were such momentous years, weren't they? Yeah. The, the, the whole, you know, the great escape with the police dog, the, the following season with United's near miss of promotion, the longest ever season, 63 matches, all the cup ties, then the Wembley year. Uh, the following year, which actually included Cyril's departure from the club, yeah, which was yeah. a, a, a sadness. At he the left time. quite early that year. He did. Didn't he he yeah. did. Left in about yeah. October time, yeah. um, and went back to Hartlepool. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, then it was about well, eighteen months, two years later, something like that. I might be getting that a little bit wrong. Um, he he sadly died of a brain tumor, which yeah. which of course yeah. affected all Torquay fans deeply. Um, uh, and he. Uh, uh, he played such a huge part in turning the club around and, and 
making people believe in the club again. Yeah. Uh, and of course that spilled over into Dave Smith's arrival, Mark, Mike Bateson's takeover of the club in the, su- in the summer of 1990, yeah. Dave Smith's arrival as Matt, well he was already here I think when Mike took over, um, and then United's uh, um, promotion yeah. uh, in 1991 and, and all of those very, very exciting years uh, with, with I know United got relegated back down again, yeah. but then you know the Donna Reardon era came in, more playoffs, and suddenly it felt like a, you know, a real club worth supporting again. And um, uh, uh, Cyril, you know, and Stuart Morgan just before him, who yeah. been the manager during the Great Escape year, they they played such an important part. Um, and you have to doff your hat as well to people like Lou Pope, the chairman, yeah. who was yeah. you know uh, in charge when. There was precious little money around or anything like that. The players were training up at Easterfield Lane or Easter Bobble, as they used to call it. Um, you know, when you see the training facilities that the players have, have got yeah. available to them now, um, uh, basically turning up at Plainmore each day, running up to Easterfield yeah. Lane and running some back faster again, than others, some faster yeah. than others. You know, with the wind howling and. Yeah. Um, uh, no, 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 no fitness assessment suites there. It's just who could get back, who was first up, and who was first back. No video analysis no, back in those days. Absolutely not. And um, but it was, it was. You, you finally felt as if the club had, had yeah. was going somewhere again. Um, no, great years. Great years. So just before we finish, while we're talking about Wembley, um, we're heading into the bank holiday weekend, which is always playoff finals. Absolutely. Three cracking games. Looking forward to all of these games. You know, I, I, I've got a view on one of them. Yeah. But I wouldn't like to say the other two. Okay, well, let's put you on the spot then. So the first one is Saturday. Yeah. The League Two playoff. Tramir against Newport. Oof. John Aldridge is in all the papers at the moment, is, isn't he? Of course. He's been at both of, course, of them. Of course, both, both of camps them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, what's the shout there? Well, Tramir will be favourites, won't they? They will. But... You wouldn't put it past Newport, would you? No, you wouldn't. Including Josh Laverdie. Dan Butler. Dan Butler at left back. Yeah. Uh, two ex-United they players They had a good there. cup run, didn't they? they do. I mean, Tranmere are always On solid. their day, they're New- capable of yeah. doing anybody, aren't they? Absolutely yeah. anybody. Um, I'll go for Newport for, a, go for, for a bit of a okay. tilt there. I th- yeah, I think I would. I'd go for Newport for old time's sake, I yeah. think. So um, um, that's guaranteed Tranmere the win then, probably. Yes. <laughs> good luck for them. Um, Sunday's game, Sunderland against Charlton. That'll be a humdinger, won't it? Now I've got a very good friend who's a Charlton fan, and I've got, an, I've also got a great mate who's a Charlton <laughs> yeah, fan. So. But but I've, I I think they'll beat them. I think they'll beat Sunderland. Yeah, I, I, nothing against Sunderland, and it, that will be a, a stonking atmosphere um, yeah. on the Sunday there. Um, uh, but I have a funny fa- fancy that Charlton, uh, they're they're they're. Decent team. I know they nearly mucked it up against Doncaster in the second leg, didn't they? Before John Marquis was central to that as yeah, well. Yeah, he wasn't was he? Um, well remembered at Claymore. Yeah, scored um, one and, and had a penalty save. And had a penalty yeah. save. But I think Charlton are quicker than Sunderland. Yeah. I, th- I, I just fancy that if Sunderland are favourites, which I probably are. Uh, they finished, I think, a little bit. Oh no, uh, no, no, they didn't in the end, did they? Charlton finished. Sure. Charlton finished third, I think, uh, in League One. Uh, oh, well, in that case, Charlton might actually be favourites. Yeah. But, uh, no, I'll go for Charlton. Going Charlton then? Yeah. And then the big one on Monday. Now, I, I'm Oof. I'm in a household of Aston Villa fans, are, so I, I can only go one way here. But Villa against Derby. 
That Derby Leeds playoff game, the second one, was absolutely superb. That's the most entertaining game of football I've seen away from Plainmore, obviously. Yeah. Uh, all season, I think. It was always going to kick off at some point. It was. It? it was Keystone Cops for quite a lot of that match. Um, but this is going to be a good one. It is. It, it is. Uh, what, what do they call it? The most expensive game in the yeah, season. The, or the, the, it mind is, you, or the, the most valuable game in the season. They say that the conference playoff is the million pound game now, don't they? Because well, Dale, um, Vince, the, Dale Vince uh, says it's worth a yeah, million the pounds. Million, it's worth a million yeah. pounds to win that match. So yeah. heaven knows what the championship playoff is oh, worth. 50, 60, yeah. maybe yeah. even more than that. Um, people keep adding noughts on yeah. the end, don't they? Um, well, I'll go for Derby. Okay, well, I'll, I'll go Villa, just, yeah. to, just to be contrarian, because I'll, I'll, I won't get any tea if I, no. know, if I go for Derby, obviously. <laughs> uh, I'll go for Derby in that, yeah, okay. I think I'll go for Derby in that game. Three good games, though. Very good. Very good. Uh, it's always a great weekend of, there's so much at stake, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, and particularly in the championship playoff, they're often, because there is so much at stake, they're often quite tight, yeah. not very yeah. entertaining games. You would think Villa and Derby, with the attacking players they've got, that, that it would be a right set to. Very often, the two teams square off against yeah. each other. Everybody's yeah. so terrified of making a mistake. And Villa never um, really got going in that in either leg of that semi-final. Really. Against West Brom, no, Derby they did. Yeah, but yeah. Villa haven't really shown um, their hand yet, have they? No, no. Interesting, isn't it? Of course, that the, in the Derby Leeds game, both teams won away from home. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, go let's Darby. hope that go that Darby. match is yeah. as good as it should as it, as it as it ought to be, as opposed to a big standoff and everybody waiting for one mistake or penalty yeah. or something like that. Well, by the time we next podcast, we'll we, know. We'll know. Yeah. So uh, we'll talk about that next week. Thanks very much for your time. And uh, with a bit of luck, United, we shall have some. Um, It'd be nice to have some United names for, first for some names. I think it is. You know, we keep saying this and. I'm not trying to string everybody along, but it is it is Genuinely closer than, on the than a lot of people yeah. think. It's so just a question of getting a couple physically over the line. We will have much to discuss. Don't As miss always. It next week. As always, come on, come on you, you yellows. You've been listening to the Herald Express, Devon Live, Talker United, Yellow Army podcast, recorded weekly by David Thomas and Guy Henderson. You can find this podcast by clicking devonlive.com or by following us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash DL, or on Twitter at TQHE Sport. You can also subscribe on iTunes, search for Talkie United on the iTunes app. Please leave us a review wherever you can. We welcome all feedback. Thank you very much for listening. Join us again next week.